Listeners, welcome to another episode of Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host, Rob, joined as always by my best good friends, Joe and Duff. Hello. As Rob likes to say, shrimpin' ain't easy. Shrimpin' ain't easy. Uh, This segment... We're talking about minutes 93 through 96. Starts with Forrest jumping off his boat and ends with Hurricane Carmen. Um, let's go back. To, let's start with just him. He sees Slip, Lieutenant Dan swimming. pumped up. Jumps into the water. The score during the sequence is fantastic. I love this little, this little, this little song that plays here. Oh, yeah, the little... Sylvester-y sweet there as yep. he's paddling up to the dock. Um, and it kind of reminds me of the thing I think I had mentioned that I had heard in the commentary where Zemeckis mentioned, uh, you know, the the um, popular music is used for just sort of like setting things in the time, but like anytime it's about emotion, they use the score. Yeah. And this this definitely works for that. What I wanted to ask you guys is do you think there's any thought put into this America, our kind of place bumper sticker that Lieutenant Dan has on his wheelchair? It's too prominently displayed to not have some thought put into it. Is this, a th- I don't know this bumper sticker. Like, I, I, this is, I don't remember seeing these. I don't even really know. No, I don't think this has been around in our lifetime. It's strange that it's our instead of my. Like that is there like nativist sensibility being expressed there? Collectivism. That, that it in, like implying like this is our you know who's the we then? I don't know, I, and I don't even know if it's like that could be good this... or bad. Could be like yeah. yeah, I have no idea what it means. Like it's, but I guess maybe it's just as meaningless as a lot of the stuff politically is here. Yeah, much like this movie, it has no real message. <laughs> um. And, it, and maybe it was already on the wheelchair that he got from the VA, and you know how much of a pain getting old bumper stickers off is. Yes, yeah. the new ones come off easy, but um, yeah, they don't. You know, like the old magnets, but then people steal them off your cars all the time. You guys ever had that happen? Not the magnet ones taken guy. off your car? No, mm-hmm. I've never had a magnet one. Uh, we have, and look at we're. I mean, we made it through, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I have therapy to work through that ordeal of the, the magnet. <laughs> I donated five dollars to Wisconsin Public Radio for that magnet. <laughs> it might have probably, it actually probably just fell Could've off. Just fallen off. <laughs> <laughs> There's just people going around stealing magnetic bumper stickers. That's what those cars are that have all those bumper stickers on them. They're people that go around. They're thieves. They steal <laughs> off the other magnet bumper stickers that people have. What's the name of that director that always does the end of the world movies? He did the the 2012 one that we talked about. Oh, oh. Roland Emmerich. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be that this is going to be a scene in a Roland Emmerich disaster epic. Is mm-hmm. all the magnet all the magnet car things fall off overnight and everyone's like, "Oh, what's happening?" And it's cuz the earth's I don't know, like turning inside out or something like that. Are is there a certain mom- like what is A, are you pro bumper sticker? B, is there a limit on how many a car can have. Uh, yeah, that's, I'm okay. I have one. Um, but I, like if there's like a 
political campaign I feel particularly strongly about. I'll throw one on there, but I never have had more than one. I don't think. Do you? No, nope, my record is two. I had two at the same time once. When I was in high school, I bought a Rage Against the Machine one at a at a record store that was out of town, and I oh, felt pretty man. cool wow. when I put that on my car. So How many times did the cops pull you over? <laughs> what kind of car was it? It was a uh, 1991 Oldsmobile 88 Royal. That's, hmm. a, that's weird a good... that you liked Rage Against the Machine, but then you bought a car with money. <laughs> well, I didn't. Yeah, I'm well, just kidding. Like most of their fans, I guess. Um, well, I was making fun of that idea, not the fans. But uh, I, I, I think the, for the number of how many is too many, you can't have more than three. Yeah, that yeah. sounds about right to me. Three, three sounds like the right amount. Like when cars are just full of them, I just, I, it's too many. I don't know what's happening there. You get one for each sign of the cross. That's yeah, the rule. I don't know what the exact number is, but the people who go overboard with the bumper stickers, that's a, it's a circle of a Venn diagram with people who are afraid of the fluoride and water. It's uh... <laughs> If you have four, you might as well have 40. Yeah. It's all the okay. same after four. Yeah, go big or go home. Here's another question. Is there a, if it's a political campaign, like could I, can I politically, out, uh, can I have like a Bush uh, sticker still on my car? Is what? that okay? Like, do you mean like, Bush in particular, or no, any just president? any? Because you should absolutely any... not have a Bush sticker <laughs> I on know. your car. <laughs> if I've got like a Clinton Gore sticker, uh, is that all right? And like, I feel like at first it's not, but then after like five or ten years, like if I was driving out of a car with a Dukakis sticker, um, that seems kind of cool at that point. Uh, I've probably had. Out of all the campaign bumper stickers I've had, I've only had one that actually won their election. Okay. <laughs> like the kiss of death. <laughs> so I think that generally, for presidents especially, I think it's you. Would, I think the only one I'd be impressed with at this point is if it were like Jimmy Carter bumper sticker. And okay. That'd probably be pretty it, rare. It works like athlete jerseys, where as soon as the campaign is over, it's the same as if they went to another team. So, like, if yeah. someone walks around wearing, like, a Jabari Parker Bucks jersey right now, it's just kind of like, ugh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, Jabari Parker's a bad example. But, like, Ray Allen after he got traded, it's kind of weird to wear those around bars. And now if someone wears a Ray Allen Bucks jersey, it's, it's like, very oh, cool. cool, I remember Ray Allen. Yeah. 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 So there's, like, a period where it's just it's uh, a faux pas, I guess. But then eventually, like, um, it becomes retro. Hip, it becomes nostalgic and, yeah, like retro and hipster and stuff. Yeah. My, uh, my moped, which I bought in college, which would have been in 2003, uh, I have a Halo 2 sticker on it still. <laughs> See, that's I think, still I think on that, it. I think that's actually, it's come around where the, now that's actually cool. Yeah. Whereas when you had it, it was really, really dumb. <laughs> yep. I know. I know. And I think there might still be. There might still be an Obama sticker on it. I'm not sure. But now so, that's not long enough yet to be cool. I was going to say that generally, uh, in you know, like I, I was starting to, that presidents within the last, whatever, since 76 or so, except for the really wild candidates or primary candidates who, like, mm. have no chance. So, you know, because of Like you, a Marianne Williamson bumper it's sticker. Like, like, yeah, that's cool. That was cool and is cool. It's and like, never will stop. Being I've, cool. I've seen a real life Ben Carson for president bumper sticker in the wild. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that's funny. Yeah, Definitely. it's 
it's like yeah man you're you're like that dude who like the first guy to find out about the velvet underground or something like or maybe like ben carson took that. out one of his brain tumors so it's like personal <laughs> for him <laughs> like then it would be okay yeah yeah people uh, who latch on really early to the fringiest candidates yeah you you fly that that freak flag forever you earned it especially if it's your only bumper sticker on your car <laughs> yeah yeah totally all right. Well, I think we've exhausted. That. I think yeah, you learn a lot about about somebody from the the fringe candidate this sport. Like if someone had like a Kucinich two thousand four bumper sticker, I was like, I'd be like, well, that person's cool, probably. Uh, but yeah, the Ben Carson. Yeah, but it, it also can be a, a horrifying warning sign. Yeah. Like if they've got uh, what's that that podunk uh, governor who has the bad jokes and his son killed dogs. Oh, Huckabee? Yeah, Huckabee would be. Like, that's one where it's like you shorten up the leash when you walk by their car. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, yeah, that just signals that they're an evangelicalist or something. Oh, boy. Um, so would you, Fred, if you, if you were in a wheelchair, give, would you... Show me Fred a Thompson. Fred Thompson bumper sticker. <laughs> the Law and Order guy? Yeah. Would If you were a, uh, if you had a wheelchair, would you guys sport a bumper sticker on there somewhere? I would because my laptop is full of tons of stickers. I'm a I'm a laptop sticker guy. Yeah, if you have a lot of laptop stickers, you can't make fun of people for having bumper stickers. Like it's the same thing. Yeah, except it's not my laptop, so doesn't that make it cool? <laughs> How, how's your work feel about that? Uh, so at my last workplace, I just figured my thought was <laughs> I'm going to do this, and when I need a new computer, I'll need a new computer, and when I leave, who cares? And I left, so it didn't really matter. I mean, what is their problem at that point? <laughs> what are they going to do? Hey, oh, what? Oh! We're going to need what? you to come back with some goof off <laughs> and uh, take off these stickers. Yeah, and I'll be yeah, Before I'll we send you your it. last pay- paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not going to give you your full benefits unless you can get this uh, Modest Mouse sticker off of the computer. Um, yeah, Rob, I'm, I'm calling. Um, I've been I'm in a, with HR. I'm, uh, we've been working on your 401k rollover, and they will not release your funds until you take off that Evil Dead 2 sticker <laughs> from your laptop. Well, actually, actually, funny story. What happened with my laptop is it was a pretty new computer when I left. So a uh, f- uh, former guest of the show and friend of the show, White Wine Tom, uh, decided to take that laptop, and he kept some of the stickers. Other ones, he put other stickers on it, but he kept some of them on there still. There was like a Prince one and stuff that he kept on. So true, A true friend. Yeah, put stickers on your laptop, especially if it's your work one. There's a small way to get back at the man. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Can I talk a little bit about the rest of his look? Uh, yes. Lieutenant Dan? Yeah. Or White Wine Toms? Uh, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> They're similar. So we greet him at, at the pier, and he wear, he's basically wearing my vacation wear, mm-hmm. <laughs> except he's slightly more dressed up because he's got, like, a Hawaiian shirt, but he's wearing a full T-shirt under it, whereas I tend to go with a tank top underneath. But, okay. But uh, I appreciate it. He's uh, smoking, a like, a mini cigar, like a cigarillo, Uh Duff, is that weed in there, do you think? Or is that a, a straight-up cigarillo? What's uh, your uh, thoughts on that? Given how this movie is so tame about pretty much everything of that era, I feel like it actually is a cigarillo. It's disappointing. I mean, I don't know the answer, but... <laughs> <laughs> uh, he also... Uh, so, Lieutenant Dan is there, and he mentions that he's... Uh, 
you know, you know, try out his sea legs. And I know, Duff, this is one of your favorite lines from the movie. <laughs> it it just it cracks me up. I don't know why. Because it does kind of ruin the moment. <laughs> when Forrest mentions that, uh, well, you got no legs, Dan. I, I think, like that line I a lot, too. I think maybe it's the follow-up. He's like, yes, I know that. I don't like how they undermine this moment with like the jokes, like his boat crashing and the legs thing. The legs thing I'm fine with. The boat crashing... I have a quibble with the boat crashing, but it's different than yours, Joe. Why do they have to ruin this dude's rock moment? That's what they do. This is like, uh, there's nothing better in a movie than when two dudes, one of them made a promise, and he fulfills it. It's it's awesome, right? Yeah, I'm okay and, with the boat crashing behind it. it, it why, why does every time somebody does something sweet in this movie, the movie has to go around and be like, now don't forget... He's an absolute <laughs> moron. <laughs> Maybe they just, they focus grouped it so much that they knew they're like, all right, we got to have men feel something, but not too much or for too long. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, you can't, you can't feel emotions we don't for more than a couple dudes, seconds. We don't want to make them feel anything for more than five seconds because mm-hmm. they'll get freaked out and they'll tank us on cinema score or whatever. They, that's they like. have yep. this beautiful, joyous handshake as these two brothers come together, these two men that we've wanted to see together this whole time, fulfilling what the other thought was just some throwaway promise that he didn't really mean while he was drunk. And then the boat that he inexplicably jumped off of without turning off crashes behind them. Idiots. I like well, Ed, when you really think about it. Obviously, it's safer, but this is also the equivalent of if he was just driving by, saw Lieutenant Dan, <laughs> rolled out, did a barrel roll out of his car, <laughs> just flung the door open and let the car go into the other direction of traffic. Except, here's what drives me <laughs> it's nuts. It's like about a dog this. seeing a squirrel. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But here's what drives me nuts about the scene: is it doesn't make sense. Because the boat is going a different different direction. direction. (laughs) Yes. It drives me nuts every time. Like, did it just do a big circle and turn back around? It went around the earth. (laughs) Well, he he had a chimp on board who decided to take the wheel. (laughs) Oh, that's from the book. What? Oh, the book, there's the orangutan. Don't forget that there's the orangutan. I thought you meant meant that specific thing happened in the book. I'd believe you if you told me that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had a first mate instead of Lieutenant Dan in the book. He gets a chimp to be his first mate. I mean, they went to space with an orangutan, so yeah, it's not the it's not a stretch. And then the orangutan pissed all over everything and, <laughs> and, and the crashed. But yeah, it is it is deeply stupid that the boat comes back and crashes into a dock. This idea of this boat crashing into the dock was. Someone came up with it. I think Zemeckis, like, a day or two before they filmed the scene. So they had to be like, all right, how are we going to do this? And they had to spend, like, a day or two before they filmed the scene figuring out how they would have the boat crash into a pier in a way that's safe because they still had to keep using the boat. Well, in a way, that's reassuring to me because it means that, like, the screenwriter didn't write this in. Like, most people who were involved in this movie were like, let's just have them meet on the pier and it'll be sweet. Yeah. And then Zemeckis, who like 
probably still hears Roger Rabbit's voice screaming in his head. Uh, I was like, what if the boat crashed behind him too? It's just one, might ma- be one deranged Rabbit. man. It is a very Roger Rabbit moment. Um, it's like, you know what this yeah. scene needs? Pratt Falls. <laughs> uh, Duff. Yes. We have a song here. Yeah. Uh, what do we got here? We have uh, Randy Newman uh, singing uh, Mr. President, Please Have Pity on the Working Man. And it worked ever <laughs> since then. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it was not a single. It was off of the... <clears throat> excuse me, just opening this again. Uh, Randy Newman is someone I'm not super familiar with. I'm not wild about him, if I'm being honest. Uh, so this was off the album Good Old Boys, which I guess if you're going to go with Randy Newman, this seems like the album to do it. It's one of his most acclaimed albums. Um, but that came out in 1974, and the album peaked at number 36. This was not a uh, single off of the How album. How old is he? Uh, uh, Randy Newman, I can answer that for you, is... 76 years old so he's like still like whenever they they dust off uh they they take like a defibrillator to woody's like little doll corpse and bring out another toy story uh they do the same for randy newman and he like spouts out another song yeah it seems basically that's his career now is when every other pixar movie they're like is randy free Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Randy made a uh, Faustian bargain to live You've forever. You've got a song in me. But, <laughs> but the the ironic twist is that he has to write every Pixar song for the end till the end of time. And all he gets out of it is millions of dollars and Academy Award nominations. What, what a tragedy for him! I think yeah. he finally won one. Uh, no, was yeah. it like a was he one of those guys that had a long drought or something? He won one yeah. for Monsters, Inc., I believe. <clears throat> and also for We Belong Together from Toy Story 3. So he's won two. He's been nominated so, a lot. So uh, for people of an age cutoff of, let's say, like 35 to 40, I guess, you probably know Randy Newman best for all the Pixar songs. Um, tack on 20 or 30 years, and people know him as this satiric the intellectual songwriter of uh, the 70s. Mm-hmm. He wrote Short People. Yep. Probably the big, <laughs> the biggest thing, closest thing to a, a hit. Uh, I don't get it. Like, I I, Randy I Newman's like like one of those artists that like I'll listen to a song and I'm like, Ugh, I don't. I don't. I, I don't dislike it, but it's, it's the same people who always tell me about Steely Dan. And mm, that's and, true. And who both, also happened to be dressed like Lieutenant Dan in this. <laughs> and so you, I, Joe, on vacation. Yeah, I, well, well, the only difference is I, I don't have the rolled up sleeves, but I, I really dig that look. And I'm going to start buying some with, with longer sleeves so I can roll them up. So basically, if you combine the way Forrest Gump is dressed and Lieutenant Dan is dressed, that's me on vacation. So keep the okay. legs. And, keep uh, the legs. Keep the legs. Get it, get, show off a little of that chest hair with a tank top. And uh, yeah. Put on that Hawaiian shirt. In this case, it's a shirt that depicts rapids and rocks, I believe. <laughs> it's very, it's, it's a screenshot from the bear. Uh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, you can see uh, you can see Anthony Hopkins uh, dipping in from underneath his la- his lapel. 
Oh, um, that is uh, the bear, right? <laughs> no, the bear is the nature documentary. I think. Oh, the bear. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. I'm thinking of that Anthony Hopkins, Alec Baldwin. He did make a movie with a bear, other. but I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, a career of of overratedness. <laughs> well, that's not nice. Mm, it's true. How? Uh, I just think Anthony Hopkins, outside of Science of the Lambs, who cares? I mean, here's the thing. He had worked for a very long time, and he was, you know, not super well known. And then he he ba- he has his kind of critical and commercial peak at the same time which is pretty rare and i think he's like ah whatever i'm yeah i'm just gonna have fun yeah Mm. i don't know i mean if you were to like if you were to ask me to name like four uh anthony hopkins roles that matter i would struggle after one well the movie i was thinking of was called the etch oh yeah uh anthony hopkins See, this is everyone for Anthony was, Hopkins. I think he was in The Elephant Man. <laughs> uh, he was in The Elephant Man. That's true. It's a good movie. Yeah. Um, Didn't remember him being in it, but... He okay. was... He's, he's no, legi- he's no <laughs> sir. He doesn't deserve to be sir. Well, he had a, an acclaimed stage career, and like he, he's, I've seen him in some Shakespeare stuff, that was, and he's great in it. Like, uh, problematic as it is, he played Othello in Othello um, okay. with... That's a weird one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, what uh, year was it? This, I'm guessing the 70s. I had to watch okay. it in college. I'm guessing it was made in the 70s or 80s. But. Anyways, uh, Anthony Hopkins, meh. Just He just uh, doesn't like to say no. <laughs> no. no. Oh, remains, was it Remains of the Day? Uh, that sounds right. He's good in that, too. Where were we? Uh, so, yeah, Randy Newman. Prove me, prove me wrong. I'm not anti-Newman, but uh, yeah, never, never. Yeah, give did. us listeners. Tell us the Newman songs or albums nah, we should don't. listen to. We don't need to. I'll listen to it. Nah. I, I will, I will listen to the arguments about uh, Randy Newman, but I will, I will delete any comments about Steely Dan. I've had it. I don't know you. anything about Steely. I don't Dan. care how many hours they spent in the studio on Gaucho or whatever album it was. Seriously. Well, uh, he goes, as we move on and they start trying to shrimp, he goes even more uh, like 70s because he ditches the undershirt, puts on something a little more co- colorful, and now we get sunglasses and headband, Lieutenant Dan, as he yells yes. out from the top of the mast about where the shrimp is. Yes, he <laughs> is climbed to a makeshift crow's nest <laughs> and is yelling directions. By the way, you should be saying port, not left. Well, they were... I know. Were I they don't... Marines or were they Army? They were Army. Army. So he not part but of the ship. But they're ship. They're shrimp men now. Well, the point is they don't know what they're doing. It's true. They don't. They don't. How did that toilet seat get in the shipping nets, guys? What's the story there? People put it's garbage just the in classic the egg when you have people who don't know what they're doing drag the bottom of the sea. You always find like a tire or a toilet a seat. A shoe. Often a shoe. Yep. Shoe makes sense. I've lost a shoe before. Nah, it's like in Jaws where the license plate is in the shark. Yeah, but that makes you think the shark ate a car, though, which is badass. <laughs> well, like a sh- shipping <laughs> containers fall off a boat, so maybe it was a shipping container full of toilets. Mm, okay. Commodes. You guys call them commodes? No. No. My dad would call it a commode. I was going to say, I am not 70 years old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, you, with Dan, 
You think we could find the shrimp? Um, first off, this I is, think we this would is one have of those a- things that pro- that you know is in actuality like very hard, and you have to know a lot. But when I think about, I'm like, anyone can put a net in water. Just drive. <laughs> we would argue. <laughs> Just so go much. forward. Scoop up the shrimp. We would have such a hard time with teamwork, guys. If the three of us were on a boat together, I think it would be. I think it'd be a tough time. Lieutenant Dan looks exactly like a Silicon Valley guy that's decided, like, for two months he's just going to live at sea and, <laughs> yeah. and start shrimping. And, and if he, he just... cuts his legs off to do it, I'll respect him. <laughs> I would not be good with knots, I can tell you that. Looks like mm-hmm. you got to know a lot of knots for anything involving the sea. When I was a kid in California, we took a field trip, and they took us to, like, kind of an old-timey ship that was docked. And this must have been somewhere in the San Diego area, I don't know. And they would have, like, role players um, that were, like, the crew of the ship. And then uh, we were probably, I'm going to guess I was in third or fourth grade. So we had to learn, we'd be basically at the point of the field trip is you work with these actors and they they um, treat you like you're, like, beginning sailors and they you learn how to do things on a boat. And one of them is, like, they teach you how to tie knots and stuff. But they teach you the way they must have taught you in, like, 1710 which is screaming at you and making you <laughs> completely terrified every second that you're on that boat. <laughs> so uh, I have learned how to tie knots in very high stress situations, which is my stress situation was being in third or fourth grade and having a grown man screaming at me that if I did it wrong, the whole boat would sink. Or something that's like, like that. uh, that's like what Duff feels like when he's editing our episodes with me just yelling at him about it. Yeah, just blowing what? out, blowing out <laughs> levels. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, um, I think if I was on a boat, I would like to just be a deckhand. Just, I don't want to be a captain. I just want to like work like, you know, on the deck and just like move the, the move like the mopping mass around and stuff. No, not like mopping, but you know, just like, you just want to be a guy. I want to be a guy that's just out there and, oh, Rob, go go do this. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go over and do that. You know, it can't be too much you got to do so, on a boat. So do you t- like sleeping in hammocks? <laughs> yeah, I would like to sleep in a hammock. Uh, I've never slept in a hammock, but it looks appealing. Well, further comments on this sequence here. Uh, over the span of one minute of screen time here, Lieutenant Dan wears three different Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, it really didn't sink in until we were recording this how uh, much I love his clothes, and I would really like to have them. It is. It is, it is the last one he has when he, uh, he essentially tells Forrest that he uh, should pray for shrimp. I don't like this moment, guys. Oh, where Forrest just starts to sing gospel music with a all female, all black choir. You didn't think that was funny because that's the whole yeah. point of it. The 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 whole like the that and even like the idea of like well, like this is where it gets back to you know this whole theory of this movie being a conservative wet dream where it's like well he didn't find God yet so he has to pray in order to be successful as a businessman. And guess what. His prayers are answered. The storm wipes out uh, the entire black community's livelihood. <laughs> and then these two white guys who don't know what they're doing reap all the benefits and start a corporation exactly. dominating the shrimp industry. Vanilla ice comes in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, like, it'd be like if God killed every rapper in like 1991 and then Vanilla Ice was the only one left. Yep. Yep. 
it's exact it's it's exactly what it's like um <laughs> it's a perfect comparison uh so this okay so i don't know if you're being sarcastic or not but i no, i'm not no, okay, it bothers me a lot because I, I think it is it is like, it bothers they, me a lot like after this this uh so i actually that might be getting in no no it is the end of the sequence like the end of it just so okay well i guess we're getting ahead of ourselves this part i i i relate to because we all have these sort of not often hopefully but these moments in life where you're like what am i doing you need to face down your demons and lieutenant dan does this during the storm by getting up in his little lieutenant's nest and screaming at weather <laughs> yeah <laughs> which honestly is pretty cool he, he challenges god he challenges god and then God is like, you're right. I haven't done enough for white people. And then we see about 20 <laughs> seconds of just all of these black shrimp boat owners looking at the ruins of their lives on the coast. And then these two white morons go by waving at the video camera. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's that's essentially. So uh, I guess coming full circle, that's what that bumper sticker meant. <laughs> oh, America was their kind of place. It was. It was all going to work out for them. Where you just um, stumble upward into success yep. i mean that's his exactly boat crashes because he jumped off of it while it was running because <laughs> he saw his friend and everything works out fine and for all these poor black men a, a once in a lifetime well it turns out what will eventually become a once every year level hurricane comes through and it destroys it and, and it's not like they weren't going to church you know what i mean like, like yeah forrest was making a mockery of their church and, and it all God, works out for and him. And God yucked it up and said, oh, <laughs> you guys, here you go. Here's a bunch of money. So when the storm hits, uh, first off, it looks like a scene from Cape Fear stuff. <laughs> uh, and uh, I want to talk about Hurricane Carmen because I did a little I, – I, I dug into Hurricane Carmen a little bit. It happened in uh, 1974. It did about $162 million in damage. Killed eight people. And the biggest impact, though. So this this is your guy. Where did it where did it hit? Uh, it hit like Louisiana, Alabama area. It okay. was a Cat Four at one point, and then it. I think it was pretty. It was significantly weaker by the time it hit shore. Um, the big issue with it is that uh, it had a huge impact on sugarcane because it wiped out a bunch of sugarcane. That's fine. Um, so, so uh, an- another. Uh, community of poor southerners was yeah, wiped out. Yeah, if only those sugarcane farmers had known that yelling at the storm was the key. Mm-hmm. If they would and, have gotten out and yelled at it. And they exploiting would have been black people. <laughs> yeah, it is... <laughs> Forrest is... He 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 really is like kind of like that, you know, similar to that story of like a white artist who steals... He's like Elvis Presley here, right? He, he comes down here and he has a friend who's black who... T- you know, tells him about shrimping, and then uh, he just takes it all and does it all. Yeah, he's like a gentrifier who just walks into this place. He's like, "Wow, why are all these buildings so cheap?" Yeah, yeah. That that uh, I think that sums it up. Uh, do you guys have anything else on this segment here? No, sir. Uh, have you guys ever been? Well, how long have we been going? I guess not too long. Have you guys ever been in a scary weather situation where you thought you were gonna die, or you thought you were in trouble? Uh yeah, I could think of, I could think of two. Um, one is uh I don't know if it's one time, but many times where I've like driven up from 
Madison up to Spooner, especially when I was in college, to visit my dad, or and like just getting in an awful, awful blizzard where like the you know it's like our little car and like semis and nothing else is on the road, and you're just like going as slow as you can and trying to like make sure you're staying on the road as like semis are passing you. Um, that's happening. I'm sure you guys can relate to that. The other one that's more similar to this for me would be, uh, I remember when I was in, uh, high school, I was living in Virginia and, uh, myself and another person, she was a little couple years older. We were driving back up from North Carolina up to Virginia and like a really, really rough rainstorm hit, which is fine. It's not that big of a deal, except her windshield wipers didn't work. (laughs) And so, like, we had to, at, like... At all, or the blades were old? The, the They weren't working at all. Oh. So we had to, like, like reach around the window and, like, try to, like, wipe the window down to, like, see as we were driving. That was terrifying. Uh, that <laughs> sounds terrifying. I drove through Oklahoma uh, in a horrible thunderstorm once, and um, I... I pretty sure tornadoes had touched down but fortunately not close to us but that was one moment where i was like boy every time lightning flashed i like expected to see a tornado like 200 yards away from us it was the worst thunderstorm i've ever driven through so joe were you were you prepared um prepared to die no i mean were you prepared you know did you did you had put in the the, the correct safety (laughs) precautions for the tornado you can't do that because i don't know if i'm allowed to joke about it or not on this (laughs) It's a fact. Well, then you tell the listeners how to stay safe from tornadoes, because I you're in charge. Duff, do you know about this? I don't know if you told us. Okay, well, I know Duff. about it, and it yeah. and it's it's true. It's true. I mean, we've I've scoured the internet for studies, and I haven't found anything that said otherwise. Yeah. But essentially, if there's a tornado, the thing you should do, the most important thing to do to be safe, is to go into <laughs> a basement. Um. But what's the under- second most important? Yeah, second most thing. It's underreported. Well, you is... can't always get to a basement, right? Nope. Can't, or you're in the car, like Joe is. Yeah. So you should always bring a travel one of these just in case. And, and they, my my issue was I was in a car but couldn't access the trunk to get to my oh, bag. Yeah. And that's uh, that's it, my bad. Anyways, the fact is that no one's ever died in a tornado with a butt plug in. <laughs> it's never happened. <laughs> yeah. In the history of the world, and that's the thing you should do if you, you can't get to plug a basement. It up. Yep. Because this thing with the wind, I don't quite understand. But, so if you're uh, in a, an older car and a pinch, you can just grab the cigarette lighter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just don't just don't turn it on first. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's that's see that's the kind of DIY attitude that's, that explains why our podcast is success, successful <laughs> as it is. We always find a way to, you know. Well, <laughs> podcasters find a way. Yeah, where it's Doctor Grant or whatever. I'm glad you made it safe, Joe, even without the proper precautions. Oh, I, I mean, if I would have died, it would have been my fault. I should have chewed my way through the back seat to get into the trunk to get my plug. <laughs> uh, Duff, you have any? Just, uh... just can you imagine me, me just handing it to the person in the front seat? Spit on this, please. <laughs> You essentially look just like John McClane and Die Hard when climbing through the vents. <laughs> Trying to get back to the trunk. My mouth full of like seat cushion padding. And and then like, oh my mouth's too dry now. Here, spit on this. Oh my God. Uh Duff, you had a similar situation? Uh 
<laughs> no, not quite that. But uh, we had a uh, tornado come within probably half a mile of our house, which isn't that weird in itself. Except a stone's that, throw. Except that this was uh, just south of downtown Minneapolis. So it was very rare for a tornado, tornado to touch down there. So it was mm. kind of surreal because afterwards, uh, I think my wife and I were both at work at the time. And we saw on the news that, oh, a tornado actually went, you know, within a stone's throw, like you said, of downtown. And then we came home and went around and there were so many trees that had been uprooted within just a, you know, two or three, I guess more like four or five block radius. So interesting. An, an, an anomaly. Anomaly. I can't say that. Um. Do you guys have anything else about uh, uh, Shrimpin or Lieutenant Tan or uh, Forrest Gump? Hawaiian shirts. Regarding minutes 93 through 96. Do you guys like shrimp? We haven't yes. really talked about a shrimp. I'm I, a big yes. shrimp fan. I, Shrimp's good. I enjoy shrimp. Hmm, we're all on the same page here. Yep. Pro shrimp. Uh, all right. Well, listeners, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Gump Minute. We uh, also have a listeners group called Box of Chocolates. You can just search for Box of Chocolates on Facebook or go to forescumpminute.com slash chocolates. We have a Patreon. If you want uh, content that may or may not have made it to this episode, plus other episodes we do. Safety uh, tips. Safety tips. You've got to pay to get the safety tips we talked about that I'm, uh, assu- I'm hoping are not did not make it into this episode. <laughs> for as little as $2 an episode or $2 a month, you can get uh, that. You can go to patreon.com slash the midnight boys. So do people get immediate access to the whole archives as soon as they pay? I believe so. I have so no idea. If how you, it all if works. you hear a, what sounds like a train coming, that might be a tornado. Mm-hmm. Log on, yep. fork over a few bucks, <laughs> and you'll find out quickly how might to survive save your a life. tornado. Might yeah. save your life. Might save your life. Um,. And, uh, yeah, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Just wherever ah. you, wherever you get your podcasts. Give yep. us all or the stars. Text five friends about how much you like it. <laughs> and if they don't forward the text, then they will end up jamming their thumbs oh, I in their car door. I thought you were going to say they're going to die in three days or something. No. No, of course not. They'll jam the wrong thing in and they'll <laughs> die. Oh, my God. All right. Happy the days while I'm ending the nest Till once more they ride high out to sea